This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or 3people.k.uk for more information. Three goals, three points, three happy City fans. This is Three Peeps in a podcast, The Bonus Show. Welcome to the start of the season. The season has started. Matt Withers is with me. Matt, you are on the road um, up to Liverpool, I think, for a business meeting. So uh, we're going to have a chat whilst whilst you make that travel up. But uh, pulled over in the services for the minute and you will be hands-free, all legal, here on Three Peeps in a podcast. Um, But Matt... (laughs) Just summarise your thoughts. It's uh, it's really started our season, hasn't it? Yeah, I got to say, Paz, this, this is a very different podcast from the last time that you joined me on my trip to Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. When this all started, but but yeah, I mean, I I kind of got home as you know about half past twelve last night. Um, up at five this morning, and uh, yeah, I feel all right actually. And I think that's because of the fact we got three points, and it was a uh, a bit of a bounce around the ground, wasn't it, last night? So yeah, very happy this morning. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was some tweaks to the lineup, which we'll come on to yeah. to the formation. A few tweaks from Nigel himself in in his approach, um, and we seem to go from sort of second or third gear into third and third and fourth gear. the The intensity was higher, the uh, the press was higher, and yeah, the crowd were respondent in the in the fact that they could see that extra bit of effort going in. And the 2,000-plus fans at Reading really carried the team through to the end of the game, Matt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice stadium, isn't it? The, um, whatever it is now, the car leasing stadium. Select, but, um, select leasing. Select leasing, I beg, beg your pardon, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and the crowd were brilliant from from the get-go. But I, I think Nigel Pearson sort of said this before, and, and, and it's something I've often said. The crowd really get going when you can see the players putting the effort in. Yeah. Um, and as you said, he, he did tweak a few things, but more than anything, the intensity, the effort, um, the creativity, it was all there. And that's what gets the crowd going. And yes, it got a bit nervy towards the end, naturally, um, especially after the the late sort of goals we've conceded. But, um, you know, <laughs> it, it was a really, really good performance from City last night and, and showed... Showed potentially, I mean, it just shows that how quickly things can turn around, but it showed potentially that, you know, we have got a good side here and if we play like that, then we shouldn't struggle this season. Yeah, I, I think that's never been in doubt for me is the, is the the personnel there, with the exception of maybe that replacement for Jiju. It's just putting them into the right formation and giving them the right motivation um, for me yeah. uh, has been the issue of the last sort of few games. Um but we we both suffered injuries on our on our travels in the last few <laughs> in the last few games. So I doing the podcast and in the car coming back from Middlesbrough and turning with microphones and things like that to to you and Rich and also probably being in the car for nine hours. I um, I've tweaked my uh, my back so I couldn't couldn't move on Sunday. And then yesterday walking to the ground, you pulled your calf. 
So um, I, I've, had, I've had to uh, I've had to call in for uh, for a doctor, and uh, Doctor Dean Allen is with us now on the line. How are you, sir? All right, chaps. Yeah, I, uh, I've, given Dave, I've, I've, I've given Dave Rennie a call. He's on his way. He's, he's, he's coming around with massage calls. Okay. Yeah, well, we're going to head off to the cryogenic chamber after this podcast. Um, so I think we will be okay for, for Swansea. Um, but Dean, thanks so much for joining us. Obviously, you living out in South Africa, watch the game on Robin's TV. So you'll be able to give us a slightly different perspective from our our seats at one end of uh, the select car leasing stadium. Um, your overriding thoughts, please, Dean. Oh yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was completely different from Saturday, wasn't it? Um, my my first my first impression was how how much better is it when City get on the front foot early? Um, from the first minute, you could see they were up for that game. They were pressing, um, and it just changed the energy. The the whole that you know you, you you just thought, hang on, they're they're up for this tonight. You could feel the way fans get behind them. Um, and it just it just felt completely different. I mean, I was I was thinking before we came on this morning. I mean, the the last two games, let's face it. I mean, it was it was one goal within it. It could have been so different. Last minute equaliser, Blackpool. We won't talk about Forest Green. That was that was obviously the lottery of penalties. But Middlesbrough, there wasn't much in the teams. But last night we got what we wanted from a Bristol City team, which was basically intensity from the first minute. And uh, you know that. I, I think I tweeted it last night. I can't remember enjoying a game like that for months just because they 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 were up for it. They were pressing. Um, they they got it. They got in charge of the game early, and you could see Reading didn't have an answer for it. I mean, they they just they were just in their faces. So yeah, I, I was I was totally delighted with that last night. Yeah, I mean, we know that they always give us those nervy moments or whatever. But even but even then, I, I felt that they thoroughly deserved the win. Um, and it just felt like, you know, we, we we got our team back again last night. It felt like the team were playing for each other. And more importantly, um, I could see I could see at the end and, I, and and from from the players reaction, that was a team playing for each other. And that's what delighted me more than anything. Yeah, great point. Well made there, sir. Um, let's go through the starting lineup then. Uh, it was a four. 4-1-1 formation with flexibility I think is the message that Nigel Pearson gave afterwards obviously Dan Bentley in goal a change at the back uh, a couple of changes at the back in fact to the four Danny Simpson coming in for Zach Viner and Thomas Callas coming in for Nathan Baker with Atkinson and De Silva Um, Matt your thoughts on those two changes yeah, I mean, we, we called for Thomas Callas to come in. Um, you know, I've, I've said you can't keep your best defender um, on the bench. You know, if there were anything else going on behind the scenes, then, you know, he should kind of be on the bench. So I was really pleased to see him come back in. Zach Viner had a, a bit of a torrid time on, on Saturday against Middlesbrough. Um, and, you know, I, I think I said on, on Saturday's pod, We've got to remember he's still learning this position and it is a specialist position. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to be critical of Zach, but I think it was the right choice last night. And then as the performance from Danny Simpson proved, you know, he knows the position, um, it, it settled the back four. I think the balance with having a right-footed centre-half in Callas and a left-footer in Atkinson gave us a better shape. And again, and Nigel Pearson said it after the, the game, Nathan Baker was really unlucky to be dropped because he hasn't really done anything wrong, but it just needed that better balance and needed the quality that, that Callas can bring. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was it was one of those ones where you wanted to call Callas to come in for sure, but maybe not at the expense of Baker or Atkinson. So it is it's a, a you know, and that's what is he's paid to do is to make those difficult decisions. And uh, obviously Nathan Baker's attitude proved at the end coming on at left back to uh, to, to you know to bring fruits, and he's managing that relationship well. So that's great to hear. Um, up into the four, so it was Alex Scott. Matty James, Andy King, and Cameron Pring. So it was Cameron Pring coming in, Dean, into that fold. And we 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 called, Matt called, Lee, Lee Paul called for Cameron Pring to come into the team. Um, but we didn't necessarily expect him to come on uh, in left wing position. Um, but your thoughts on that change? Well, when I saw Campring's name down, obviously I, uh, I, you know, I almost ignored the fact that De Silva was also in the team. You assumed he was coming in at left back, but uh, yeah, well, as it turned out, it turned out to be an inspired change. I mean, it just showed you yesterday um, the depth of our squad. I think. I mean, you've got you've got this lad coming in, making his making his league debut. And uh, no, he was, he was, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. He did exactly what he needed to do, not only going forward. I mean, um, Campering played, you know, played a couple of decent balls in. I mean, one with his one with his left foot when he beat the fullback, but he also nullified their fullback because, the, the, you know, he, he was a, he's a decent player. Um, and I thought I thought Matty James last night across the middle, him and him and him and King. I mean, obviously they've got a great understanding. I thought Matty James last night was probably the best game he's played for us. You could see you could see why he's been brought in. I thought his work rate was exceptional, but his but his range of passing um, was 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 fantastic. And uh, I, I I thought I thought all the boys across across the across the, the you know the midfield were great. Um, you know the, the the young lad on the other side. I thought he. He he was he was a little bit Alex Scott. He was a little bit you know probably last night some of his some of his uh, um, can we say yeah ball selection was yeah was, pass, was not pass as good selection as pass selection sorry he was he was he was hanging on to it a little bit too much I mean but that will come with experience I mean the, and look let's face it he got it he got an assist last night um, and you know I don't mind seeing that the guy the guy's got obviously flair he's got he's got he's got incredible ability he you know and um, he's been he's been selected a, above senior players in our squad I mean that's something to show but got belief in last night Nigel Nigel Pearson came into his own because he really did he really did make a brave selection you know with that midfield and I and I thought obviously it did pay off it could yeah. have gone the other way. I know. I thought. I thought it was fantastic. Absolutely. Um, so one, we've already said the two two changes there. Uh, Danny Simpson and Thomas Callas coming in made it made a big change. Cameron Pring coming in certainly made a big change. But one one of the changes for me, Matt, was that moving forward of Andy Vyman into that one. Um, so the energy that we know he's got, it's his preferred position. Must be his preferred position down the middle. Um, and it gave Chris Martin a little bit more support, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought, yeah. Both, yeah, yeah I, I thought both Andy Vyman and Chris Martin were superb last night. Um, it was, I mean, it was a four-four-one-one, but it timed it was a two as well up top, um, and they combined so well. Um, and like you said, Patch Vyman, you know, I, I might be critical sometimes that his finishing might be a little bit wasteful, and perhaps he doesn't. Yeah, when he plays wider, he doesn't necessarily get crosses in. 
But what you can criticise the bloke for is, is his energy and enthusiasm. Um, and he got rewarded last night. But I also felt that it gave Chris Martin more room to, to kind of manoeuvre. And I had a, a bit of a, I was going to say a spat, and that's not the right word, but a, a difference of opinion in terms of Chris Martin with someone on um, Bristol Live following my column the weekend. When I said that I didn't see him as a, a, a physical number nine or a number nine that gets in behind players and, and I still think but I did see him last night as a target man and he, he he was getting the right kind of service to hold it up and bring others into play and with Cam Pring on the left hand side um, giving that balance and, and being prepared to go beyond but also Jada Silva was able to do that as well the two sort of dovetailed it just made for a much a much more creative and attacking performance but a much more entertaining performance as well which is what we've been crying out for um, and yeah, I, I, I thought Andy Vyman, Chris Martin, and I will also agree with what Dima said, and we, we talked about it in the car. Matty James last night, that, that for me was Marlon Pack in his pomp. You know, when he was right at the top of his game, he was controlling everything, but he was so strong last night. Mm. There were a number of occasions where, because he's a very, very good footballer, he put his body sort of in place of the... Um, in front of the attacker and then held him off and then was able to get the ball and then lay it off. And what I love about Matty James is he always looks for that first-time ball. Um, you know, he, he's got a picture in his mind, as they, they sort of say. And, um, yeah, I, I thought he gave, agree with Dean, his best performance. I mean, I know we've only seen a few, but um, you could see why he was signed last night. I thought he was superb. Cool. Lovely stuff. Okay, let's go through the minutes then. So into the fifth minute, it was a it was a great start from Bristol City and a weapon, a secret weapon that is no longer a secret, the Callas long throw-in. It's not something we've seen before, to my to my recollection. I think Zach Viner, we've seen a few, um, and obviously going back a bit further, Magnuson was uh, was always a secret weapon of the long throw. Um, and I'm not sure if we might have seen it in the Euros as well, but uh, I'll stand corrected on that necessarily. Um, so it was a Callas long throw-in. It was an Andy King flick-on, and Andy Vyman rises above every everybody to head home for one nil and Dean um, we've seen we've said about this so many times on the podcast is we always seem to get a chance in the first five minutes and so often is the case if we don't take it we won't see another one for the whole half but on this occasion um, it, it was more of an exciting first half but a great training ground routine seemingly there Dean. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, it's something that uh, Nigel Pearson uh, yeah favours, and that if you can get if you can get someone who can deliver a long throw like that with that trajectory, I mean, it's just it's I mean, it's a really difficult thing to defend. Um, we could we obviously he's using Zach Viner when he's playing to use it, you know, to do it as well. I didn't realise Callas had that in his locker, but no, it was fantastic. Uh, Chris Martin did well to get in front of his man, and then and, and then uh, say Viman. Because, as Matt said, because he, he was playing in this more forward role, uh, you know, nipped in and, and finished neatly with the header. But like you said, we got the goal and I thought, well, hang on, are we going to sit back? But we didn't. We went for it. And as, you, as you're going to say, we, we quickly got the second. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, what a, what a great start. It's so, so good to be on the front foot so quickly. Yeah, it was. And, and, and actually, and, and Dean won't have listened to this, um, in his interview after the game, Nigel Pearson said that it wasn't, funnily enough, something they'd worked on. Um, and it literally, Callas had kind of got the ball um, and, and decided on the long throw. It wasn't something they'd actually planned or had been working on, which seemed quite strange, really, because you, you wouldn't have expected Callas, A, to have had a long throw and B, um, you know, to 
just sort of bring it out of the, the bag, so to speak, last night. But as mm. Dean said there, you know, it, it meant, you know, you, you, you score and it gives you that confidence. But it was the fact that we stayed on the front foot and we kept pressing and we were, you know, we were playing some really good football. And I know that Reading had a few injuries, um, you know, and, and they're not actually fancied by a few sort of pundits. But they're a good side, Reading. They've got some really, really good, physically strong, but quick players. And we matched them. You know, we, we didn't wait. We didn't see what they were doing. We were imposing ourselves on it. And that's what we've been saying, um, you know, for, from the get-go, really. And like you said, Patrick, it was a, a brilliant start, but it got the crowd out and the atmosphere then. And that sort of went out to the players. So, it, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Into the eleventh minute, it's another Callas throw-in that falls to James on the edge of the box, who shoots on target, but it's a great block from Reddin. But just before that, um, Cameron Pring is the first time we see him get to the byline and get a decent cross in, which led to the throw-in. So already we can see the change that that has been made working really well. Um, 13 minutes in, it's 2-0. It's a training ground free kick. James crosses, Pring rises at the back of the pack of players um, and heads it across the goal. And Chris Martin slots in from close range, right-footed. What really impressed me about this one, uh, Dean, was the fact that Cameron Pring didn't try and head towards goal. He could tell that he wasn't going to get enough pace and power on his header. Um, Puts it back across the face of goal. And uh, Chris Martin is in the right place at the right time. Yeah, certainly. And what really impressed me, Patch, was your celebration in the in the crowd because you were picked <laughs> up on Robin's TV. Um, I can't I can't get away from you here in South Africa. There you were, right in the middle of the screen. But uh, no, joke joking aside, it was a it was a fantastic bit of uh, um, a control from Campering and uh, to put it back across. Uh, it was almost like time stood still. I mean, for a minute, I thought they were offside. I mean, they they appealed Reading, but uh, no, it was it was perfectly perfectly weighted and well controlled. And like you said, I mean that that was that was something we haven't seen from City staying on the front foot, getting that second goal while we're in control. And just like I said, first twenty minutes, I just I just hope they uh, hope they do the same again on Friday night and they that, you know they come out of the blocks and they play like that because um, you know we we were playing some great football as well but not only that the work rate was amazing you could see it on the tv you know the whole team was pressing um not just not just the likes of andy vyman with his energy but chris martin i mean he, you know the, the the bloke looks fitter than i've seen him um and he was he was chasing down not lost causes but you could clearly see that that uh you know whether they've been given that instruction first 20 minutes get at them get them pressed and uh, i thought it was fantastic yeah and we start to get carried away uh, Matt, but uh, your thoughts on that, that, that 2-0? Yeah, we've got to mention patch cam, haven't we? Uh, <laughs> because um, I said to, so on, on Saturday, Dean at Middlesbrough, with the, the free kick for the Andy King goal, patch sort of got the camera out to take it. And when uh, when Matty James was over with the free kick, he said, well, get your camera out then, you know, you, we're going to score here. And uh, obviously that proved to be the case. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, re- really, really intelligent play from Campering. Um, and, and listening to the lad after the game, you kind of, you got the impression he's had a bit of a, a hard sort of start to his Bristol City career. And, and I think even Nigel Pearson referenced the fact that in the summer he told him, this is Cam sort of saying to Nigel Pearson, that he didn't kind of feel part of it. And it was almost a bit of a make or break, mm. um, which was, and it was great then to see his reaction, his performance, 
And we saw that against Forest Green, which is why I said about bringing him in sort of last night, because you could see what he offered in terms of his physicality. Um, and absolutely echo what Dean says. If anybody needs to see what David Wren has brought to our club already, just look at Chris Martin. Um, you know, I've, I've followed his career, um, you know, going right back to when he was at Norwich, um, Derby. I have never seen Chris Martin look as fit as he does now. Um, and he was, he, his work rate, well, it was akin to Andy Vyman, which is probably the biggest compliment you could pay anybody on our side because he just did not stop running um, and caused them all sorts of problems. So, yeah, it was, it was great to see um, and a really, really good free kick. Matty James brings some real quality from a dead ball point of view. Um, so that's something I think this season we can look forward to even more. 100%. That's something that we missed last season was that 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 dead ball, um, you know, is something that you, you rely on and something you can you can build upon. Um, so into the 18th minute, we the uh, Reading do pull a goal back. Um, the ball was passed three times inside the box, inside the 18-yard box, and it's another goal from inside the six-yard box. Um, and it was Aziz who got that one. Uh, Dean, for, watching on the on the TV, was there a, a, anyone particularly at fault, or do you feel it was just Reading passing the ball well and and getting the opportunity? I think it was a sliced shot on the second um, the second pass that led to the ball to Aziz, and he he just has to sort of get it and get it on target, really. Well, I, I think uh, somebody said the other day, you can criticise any goal. I think it was Andy King in his interview. You know, um, there's always somebody at fault. And, and yeah, we've seen that kind of goal before, certainly in recent recent times where they, you know, our fullbacks have been kind of exposed. I think it was, uh, it came down on the left, didn't it? I think it was Simpson letting go relatively easily past him, kind of shepherded him and not really got his body in the way. And the guy got it across, like you say, a bit of a slice. And it just went straight across our box. You could see it was almost like slow motion. And the guy obviously finished high into the net. Um, it was such it was such a shame because up to that point, we looked absolutely solid. And we were, we were like I say, controlling it. And it was just that, just gave, gave everybody that bit of doubt. Hang on a minute. Um, we're going we're gonna to slip back into our old ways here. But the good thing about it, I think we sort of steadied the ship after that and we we saw out the half well. Um, but it was, yeah, I just think we've, we've, at some point, we've said it before, we've got to stop these crosses coming in or at least um, sh the fullbacks have got to shepherd the, you know, the winger into into more difficult areas. If they get a, if they get a, you know, world-class cross in from, a, from the dead ball line or whatever, you can't do much. But I think we're, sometimes we're a little bit too easy to run at in those fullback areas. And we saw that again last night. Yeah, um, um, Matt, it's something we spoke about on on Saturday, and it's that 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 fine balance of decision of of either diving in for a tackle or shepherding, shepherding. And obviously on Saturday, you know, Zach Viner shepherded, and, and the player goes goes past. Um, and it looks like that's what's happened here with Simpson. Not being critical, it's just just highlighting the fact that it is a fine balance. When do you dive in? Do you try and you know? Take take the man and and get give away a free kick, but it's a fine balance, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Um, I mean, we we said last night, didn't we? That we felt the right hand side was um, where all of the, the danger was coming from, from from Reading's perspective. So our, our right hand side, Jada Silva and Campring had it pretty much locked up on the left, um, and and potentially Alex Scott kind of. Um, Got, got drawn in a little bit and, and maybe because we were a little bit wasteful with our passes and, and sort of said about him picking the, the right pass 
And that's not being critical. I want Alex Scott trying those sort of things, you know, being clear on that. Um, yes, you know, a few went astray, but you want him looking to unlock and looking to make those passes. Mm. But it just felt we were a little bit more open on the right. Um, but the goal came a little bit sort of out of nowhere um, because, you know, we were really in control. Um, and it is frustrating that it's a six-yard box again. Um, I think there were a couple of tackles that we we you know didn't didn't make when we should have done, didn't pick up the runner at the back post again, um, and you know the finish. I think he actually caught it better than he intended, and and it looked a much better finish than it actually was high into the roof of the net, giving Bedley no chance. But yeah, we were just a little bit too open on that right hand side again. I thought. Yeah, and that balance on the you know. With Campering and Jada Silva, they're both defensive-minded. So, but they're also attacking-minded players as well. So, I think that that relationship, if we can keep those guys fit, I think that's going to blossom. And we just need to to work out what we do on the right-hand side because, as we've said, that Danny Simpson came in, experienced performance. You know, didn't look out of place at all. It's exactly what you expect from Danny Simpson and Alex Scott is more of a forward thinking player, less defensive, creative player. Um, so it's just working out that, that balance, but obviously it's early in the yeah. season, but um, yeah, it's something, something to, to think about. Um, onto the 28th minute. And it was a great block from Rob Atkinson that prevents a shot on target. And we've said oh, every episode we've done so far, even some of the friendlies that Rob Atkinson looks like such a Rolls Royce of a defender, Dean, um, and yeah, proves his point on the 28th minute with a block that it shot was a shot on target. It was going towards goal with power, um, and that could change. And we go to two two if that that goes in, obviously. Yeah, I was so impressed with Rob Atkinson last night. Not only the way he brings the ball out, but his dominance in the air, guys. I don't know if you noticed. I mean, every yep. scene like a callous like performance. Um, or Baker-like performance in the air, should I say. Um, every time someone got the head on, it seemed to be Atkinson. I started to sort of, you know, count the number of times. Yeah, for a young lad who was playing non-league football just a few seasons ago, I mean, clearly someone's scouting, uh, scouting network's working because th- that guy is going to play at, at the top level. Let's hope it's with us. Let's hope it's not an, another Webster where we have him for one season. But um, no, if he, if, he, if he carries on like he started, I think he's, you know, he's, exceptional exceptional talent um for someone so young as i said played in the lower leagues he looks like he's you know played championship football for years and i and and as you said his his reading of the game's brilliant i mean to to play last night with a new partner callas i thought they they fitted him well as well i mean that's you know we've got a, a you know a luxury of riches really there we've got three center backs that can interchange and play well with each other but it looks like uh, Rob Atkinson's the first on the team sheet for Nigel Pearson out of the three of them, to be quite honest. And you can see why last night. I thought it. I thought you know he was he was absolutely dominant in the air as well, which was brilliant to see. Yeah, great words. Um, now we we were critical in the last few podcasts of Nigel Pearson and the fact that he was sitting up in the stands the whole game. On the thirty seventh minute, Nigel Pearson appears on the touchline, and I think it was to guide them through to half time. Obviously, they conceded a goal. They were two one up. We know that game management in the last few games has been an issue. He was encouraging Bentley to take his time. You know, there was that sort of lowering of the two hands, that motion uh, to, to calm down and take your time. And it was great to see, Matt, wasn't it, that he'd come down. And if, he's, if he does that, goes up, goes up in the director's box or wherever he's sitting and comes down for the last 10 minutes of each match, you know, and we get the result. 
I can deal with that, but it's just staying up in the director's box for the whole game and not seeing him, not letting the players see his presence. Um, that uh, that I don't that I don't particularly agree with, and obviously he'll do whatever he likes. But um, Matt, your thoughts on on that? Yeah, I mean, we, he, he he basically did what we said on the podcast there: stay up there for sort of the, the thirty minutes. But I think that that crucial period at the end of the first half and also at the end of the game. You want to see your manager on the touchline. Um, and what I liked about it was he came down and was very, you could see he was being very clear in his instructions and what he wanted them to do. And I don't I don't care kind of what he says, what any, you know, Gregor sort of said it doesn't bother him or that's what I want to see. And it makes a difference. It made a difference Saturday and it made a difference last night at both stages of the game. He came down, settled it in the first half. And then in the second half, he came down and he changed a couple of things. And actually, he gave a few a bit of a rollicking as well when mm. things were getting a little bit tense at the end. So, you know, yeah, absolutely, he's his own man and he's going to, you know, you do get a much better perspective in the stand. I get that. But I think those important minutes towards the end of the game and, and the first half, you need the manager there. And I think you said it, Patch, at one point, he actually sort of pushed Fleming and... Um, Danny and out the way sort of late on to say, look, one, one voice, one message, you know, and I, I'm the gaffer sort of thing. So, yeah, great to see. Great to see. Into halftime, we had a couple of texts, uh, one from our usual halftime summarizer, Rob. So, Rob, improved tempo and front foot football makes all the difference. Pring showing up well. Callas brings a real presence to the team and two well-worked set pieces. Sloppy goal to concede again and once again from our right, but deservedly ahead at half time. Nigel Mitchell on Twitter. Decent first half, barring the lapse in concentration for their goal. James playing better than previously. Pram, uh, Pram. Pring doesn't look out of place at all. More goals in this, I think, hopefully at the right end. So a couple of uh, halftime uh, summaries there. Let's get into the second half then. Uh, there was a, a change. Andy Kane comes off and Masengo comes on. And Dean, I couldn't see that, you know, I could see that Andy King was sat on the floor. Um, was there an impact injury or what, what was the what was the reason for that change? Could you see? No, to be quite honest, lads, I couldn't. Um, he, he went down and that's what worried me because it didn't seem to be sort of anyone near him, whether he picked up something slightly earlier. But he he, he seemed to go off quite freely. Um, so I, I, I don't know what that was all about. But um, no, Masengo, Masengo came on and uh, like slotted in and his energy was fantastic again last night. Um, I just, I just um, about Andy King, he's, he's a strange kind of player. I haven't made up my mind about him yet. He clearly does... Does does a lot of work in there, but he's he's you don't see him as much as Matty James, but they clearly work together. Um, I did I didn't think he was as effective perhaps um, last night as he was on on Saturday. I saw more of him on Saturday, obviously with the goal. I mean, obviously he, uh, you know let his let his marker get past him as well, like he like he admitted. He's an honest player. He's he's obviously got a very good engine, um, but he, he's a strange one. He's he kind of he kind of goes through the game. You don't notice him until he pops up and does something. I wonder what Matt thinks about Andy um, about Andy King. Do you know what Dean? We said exactly that last night. Um, I don't know whether is it a good thing that you don't necessarily notice him because he's doing the jobs expected, um, or is it a bad thing because he's not you know doing more and catching the eye? But I think, like you said, they seem to dovetail really well as a pair, um, and there's no doubt in it that when we changed it against Blackpool um, and, and King sort of changed roles, 
that sort of changed the way that we were playing. And to a certain extent last night, I think we did lose a little bit of control. And that wasn't because of Han Noah coming on, who I thought was excellent. I think, again, it was just because King seems to kind of sit and, and lets Matty James get on the ball. Um, who, who, I mean, interest in the comment about Matty James. I think he's been superb. Um, not so great Saturday in fairness, but Blackpool, again, I thought he was great. But yeah, we, we said exactly that about Andy King. I, I'm still in the, the, the camp of, I'm not quite sure. To be fair to him, he didn't play a lot of football for the last 18 months. So he's probably going to need a good 10 games to, to get up to speed and to the level he wants to be playing at. But uh, yeah, he is a, a bit of an interesting conundrum, I think. Yeah, I think obviously Nigel Pearson likes the fact that you've got King and James in there, two experienced heads that can clearly play football, have played at the highest level. But we've got Masengo, we've got Beckinson, we, at the moment we've got Adam Naj, we've got Joe Williams. So, you know, he's not going to be playing all season, all 90 minutes. So I think it's, uh, you know, at the moment it's working okay. So let's see how that pans out but as you say Masengo comes on and I, I'm a massive Masengo fan I mean not not just for the for the chant that um that always rings out as soon as he's on the pitch and and long after he's gone from the pitch uh there's a real real crowd crowd piece of that one but he is like a, a a dog who won't let go of his ball um and I just really really think that he is is as we've said many times he's going to be such a talent going forward but hopefully as you say about with Atkinson hopefully with us um 52nd minute Andy Vyman toes it to Alex Scott City are on the break he toes it to Alex Scott who takes a touch really really calmly lays it back across to Andy Vyman who is Mr Cool in the 6 yard box and takes it seemingly round the keeper and a defender as a fan in the stands it looked like he was taking an absolute age to take a shot um but you know calmness personified takes his time and slots home matt your thoughts on that goal well, i've got to be honest to say that i was saying um maybe we needed to look at changing it um, because Alex Scott had, had given a couple of passes away again. Um, but Christ almighty, that young man, what an absolute talent. Um, it would have been really, really easy for him to try and take the shot on. Um, and as a 17-year-old, you'd almost expect him to do that because the shot was probably the easier option in terms of, you know, first first time thinking. But he recognised that the angle wasn't the greatest and played the most sublime pass into Andy Vyman. Um, And I agree with you, Patch. It was like, you know, 20 minutes, it seemed, before he actually (laughs) took the shot. But that's very, you know, I've seen him do it at Derby. We've seen him do it, you know, in a number of games. When he takes his time like that, he's deadly with it. Um, You know, Close control is frightening, isn't it? Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And, um, you know, it, it, it... it settled things down a little bit again, but it, it was great to see him. You sort of said it, patched it. Looking at the, the pictures afterwards, Alex Scott looks like a, you know, a, a, a YTS lad in the old days or a, a ball boy almost on the pitch celebrating. I think you even said he looked like a fan celebrating. <laughs> yeah. But when you actually look at him on the pitch, he, you know, he, he is physically quite a strong lad. Um, but yeah, it was all, for me, it was all about the ball. And I, and I sent a text to, to, to Trevor Chalice, one of the coaches down there who I know. I just said to him, Trev, the ball from Alex Scott, a um, couple of expletives within there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just, just class. Um, and Vyman deservedly got his second goal. And hopefully that gives him the confidence 
to, to kind of go on and start getting goals in, in that sort of, you know, one in two um, game sort of period because we, we see those little bursts from Weiman and then he goes long range, you know, a long run of games without scoring. Hopefully, you can see from that partnership, the fitness that they've got, they will see more of that. But yeah, it was a quality finish patch. Yeah, and back to Weiman, it's it's clearly his preferred position is that sort of sitting just in behind the striker, not as a not as a winger, not as a left or a right midfielder. Um, so hopefully that's something that um, you know, we take into the into future games and clearly getting two goals as well, uh, a great return. Um, Scott does come off though on the sixty fourth minute for Palmer. This was an interesting one for me. Um, obviously Palmer coming on, uh, you know he is almost like for like in terms of they're both creative players. They're both people who like to unlock the defence. But it was a strange point in the game at 3-1. Um, your thoughts on on that substitution? You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I don't think Casey Palmer got many touches of the ball until like the last couple of minutes. But your thoughts on that on that that change? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, people are bored of listening to me when I say I'm a Casey Palmer fan. I am. Funnily enough, in the context of the game last night, I think it's 3-1, but Reading's still very much in it. Um, it may have been better to, but you said it, pushed Masengo out there um, and brought on Backinson. Um, maybe even, and it's a bit of a strange thing to say after Byman had scored two, but pushed Byman out there and, and brought on Naki Wells. Um, I think the thing with Casey is, for, for me, he needs to play in that ten. I think when so, like where Andy Weinman was. Yeah, yeah, because where he play when he plays wide, I think he's not disciplined enough, unfortunately, um, and that might take time because if, if that's the role that Pearson sees him playing, but I don't think he's disciplined enough, and he came inside an awful lot, which then left Danny Simpson exposed, and again, all of the traffic was coming down that side from from Reading. Um, so you're right, and it, and it wasn't in hindsight. You called it at the time of the substitution, um, as did Lee, who we were with. Um, but I could understand why Pearson did it because he seems to see Scott and Palmer mm. very sort of similar players, doesn't they? Yeah, absolutely. So going on there, uh, Cameron Pring comes off, and and Nathan Baker comes on, and N- Nigel Pearson said afterwards that he kind of said if if Pring blows up. That uh, to Nathan Baker, are you happy going on at left back? And he said, "Yep, more than happy to be coming on the pitch. I'll play anywhere." More or less was the message. Um, but Campering, we weren't sure if there was an injury or he just ran out of steam. I think there was clearly a knock because he did go off with with the physio uh, for a few minutes. And whether they just said, "Right, he's he's clearly got something. Let's not risk him." Uh, because of the impact he made for the game on Friday, potentially, Matt. Was that how you saw it? Yeah, I, I thought it looked like a potentially a bit of a thigh strain. Um, and that could just be, you know, a bit of cramp, a bit of tiredness. Uh, hopefully, I mean, there was nothing in either Nigel Pearson's interview or even Cam Pring's interview to indicate it was anything more than that. Um, and hopefully getting back in the, the cryogenic last night will, will help with sort of any healing process with it. But um, it was it was funny, wasn't it? I mean, I, I did say about bringing Baker on again. I know, you know, you you and, and Lee were sort of not sure of that one, but I thought Baker could come on, play at left back, and it would still keep the kind of same shape. Um, obviously, he's not going to be the same in terms of bringing the ball forward, but when Reading 
were attacking us, having Baker in there as is that proper defender, mm. um, I felt a little bit more secure with it. So I could understand why he, why he made the change that he did with that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, nerves start to rattle a little bit on the 80th minute, and we think we think here we go again. Uh, it's two. It's three two. Um, it was a, it was Liam. Was it Liam Moore running from deep um, and and getting the shot away? And Masengo was tracking him and tracking him. Um, and I said that maybe Masengo, with a little bit more experience, could have taken one for the team and and taken him down and picked up a book in. Um, but he he doesn't. And it's a shot from distance. And it, the initial reaction from us seeing it from one end was that Bentley should have that one covered. But it kind of, if you watch the replay, it does kind of swing in a little bit to beat him. But uh, Matt, I don't know if you've had a chance to, to look at that one on the TV or not, but your thoughts? Yeah, um, yeah, it was Liam Moore, um, ex-Bristol City as well, of course. We had him on loan. Um, yeah. And, and was a, a good run from him. I think you're, you're absolutely spot on. Um, probably someone like Matty James or Andy King do, you know, give him a little tug on the shirt and, and take the book in. I think to be fair to, to Dan Bentley, and I was critical of it the sort of first time viewing last night, um, he was allowed to run a long way and the defenders, you know, centre-halves didn't come out to him. And I think Atkinson sort of went down in a, a sort of kneeled position to try and block it, and it actually goes through his legs. Um, so Bentley's probably a little bit unsighted with it as well. But I still think he, he will probably be a little bit disappointed that it, it snuck in sort of on the, the far post. But as you say, it was then, oh, crikey, are we going to go again 10 minutes? <laughs> they got the crowd up. What's going to happen? Dean, how did you see the goal, um, the 3-2 the goal? Yeah, it was a, it was a bit disappointing because uh, I, I I was just hoping they wouldn't give us that nervy ending. Um, uh, you could probably you could criticise Hanno that the, the you know it was a defender that went past him, Liam Moore, and I I mean the, the lad took it really well, of course, but he, uh, he 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 you know he shot it was a good shot, but as as Matt said, I think Dan Bedley will look back a, a goalie of his quality and he'll be a little bit disappointed. He would probably was unsighted. Um, it was a real sort of grass cutter. It went right into the corner, but oh, I was just—I just felt it was a little bit soft the way he went past. You know, Han Noah. Mm. He, I think sometimes um, Han Noah's exuberance get, gets the better of him. I thought he got—he got the wrong side of the lad, and he allowed him to turn him, and he went through. But I was quite surprised when I saw it was Liam Moore, and it was a defender because I thought he took the—he certainly took the goal well. And sometimes you've got to say, you know, fair play. It was—it was a decent strike. But again, typical Bristol City made made it a nervous nervous ending, didn't it, for us all? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, 83rd minute, Nige appears again. Um, and this time you can see him on the touchline, as Matt intimated earlier. It was my, actually my brother that pointed out the fact that uh, he was telling Simpson and Dining to to sit back down. You know, it just needs to be one voice. So when there's three voices all shouting different things, probably, it can uh, surely confuse the players. So it was just Nige on the touchline using the uh, hands together motion now of squeeze. So he wanted them a little bit uh, narrower, I think, and a little bit tighter together. Um, but again, a big impact for us as fans to see him there and also for the players. So well done, Nige. Um, into the 89th minute after a nervy 10 minutes, um, it's Palmer uh, who actually swipes at the ball, hits the post, and uh, Vyman rebound shot is saved. And at that point, Matt, it was a good break, a good break forward from City with, with Palmer taking a shot. 
hitting the post. I think he swiped first of all um, and almost mixed, miss kicks it, but he gets another bite of the cherry. And yeah, at that point, you think we could be winning this 4-2, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, um, yeah, took, took a, a, a sort of swipe at it. I thought his, his, his effort then was a really sort of cool finish um, and just smashes against the post, bounces back to Vyman. You're thinking he's going to score. Keeper makes a really good save and Vyman can sort of see the hat trick, the, the, the ball in his hand almost. Yeah. Um, and you did then kind of feel, oh, crikey, you know, is that going to cost us? Because it was... Yeah, two very good chances. Um, and Reading will have been buoyed from the, the fact that it didn't go in. So, but but again, what was different was we, we were attacking, we kept going, we were looking for that goal as opposed to point, yeah. what we've seen so many times over the years with Bristol City is sitting back and you know almost inviting the pressure on. So we, we were going for it. And I think both Casey and, and Andy Vyman can count themselves a bit unlucky that, that you know neither did score. Yeah, the scoreboard goes up. It's five minutes of injury time. Um, and in that injury time as well, I think it was about the 93rd minute, Bentley's got a goal kick and he kicks it. And it's I think it was the second time of that game. It was a, a, a Frankie Fielding moment, kicking it out out to touch. And Nigel Pearson berates him quite rightly as well. It's, it's, it's We're just getting the, the ball back to Reading and giving the opportunity to come at us again. Uh, so yeah, a, a frustrating moment there. I'm sure Bentley will look back on that one as well. Um, but yeah, it was just great again to see Pearson on the bo- on the on the touchline uh, going nuts nuts. <laughs> um, so yeah, we see out the game, uh, Dean, and it was great to see out the game. And you know, you get into that last minute. We've seen it at Blackpool. We saw it at Forest Green, and you think, here we go. But tides are changing, Dean. Yeah, it was the longest five minutes of my life. I tell you, it was. Uh, I remember, you know, when Bentley, Bentley, you know, it was almost like a rugby move. I mean, you know, reaching touch. I thought, what's he doing? Has he done that on purpose to get them back in their corner? But no, like you said, you've got to, you've got to get possession. But as Matt rightly said, I'd much rather us, you know, stretch them in the, you know, final few minutes than sit back because we're not good at that, as you can see. But. Uh, um, no, I think that was such a psychological boost for the whole team, for the fans and everything. We saw out a game for the first time this season, really. Um, and it was, yeah, it was fantastic. And uh, I, 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 I didn't see it on Robin's TV, but I've seen it in the clips since. I mean, the celebrations afterwards, I think that was great. I think I mentioned it um, to Jeff Twentyman afterwards that that last night was the showing of, a, of the building of a real team spirit. You could see how the guys came together. They went to the youngsters as well, certainly up to Campering. I heard later uh, from Nigel Pearson that they gave Campering a, a round of applause in the changing rooms, yeah. which is a fantastic gesture on his debut. And I just felt there was a t- togetherness last night. And that's what we've been looking for, for from a Nigel Pearson team, because that's how he's successful. I think he brings in his own men. They play to his own standards. I mean, he must be a difficult guy to work with sometimes, I'm sure. But the, the people who believe in him, um, you know, will, will follow him through a brick wall. And I think that's what we've, as I said, I've asked a few people on our forums and that to show some patience because he is the right man if he's given the time. Um, this season's going to be uh, it's going to be a difficult season. It's going to be up and down. But that last night was what I what I saw from the players was at the end was a togetherness. Um, and I do, I do believe you lads were there. I do believe that Nigel Pearson came over to the away fans as well, didn't he last night? Well, he didn't quite come over, 
but it's fine. He um he did wait for the players to get their applause, their reception. The players came over. Uh, Mandy King threw a shirt into the crowd. There was that togetherness, as you say. Callas was bouncing as well, which was nice to see. Um, but players then went off. Nigel Pearson was the last man down the tunnel um, and did clap uh, across to the City fans, which, you know, Matt, the togetherness, Nigel Pearson, that ending, it was great. Yeah, it was. Um, I loved, I mean, I don't think I've seen Han Noah so animated either at the end. Um, and obviously we, we had his, his now uh, famous chant going round. Um, <laughs> and he, he was loving it, um, you know, sort of fist pumping. Similarly, um, you know, seeing the likes of, of Callas, um, Andy King and, and, and Matty James sort of celebrating. And it, it showed how much... Yeah, the players knew what an important win that was last night, just from a, a confidence point of view and with what they're trying to do. Um, I, I sort of wrote in my column on, on the weekend about Nigel Pearson being under pressure. And that's because in, in the modern game, two wins out of 16 is going to put you under pressure. If Pep Guardiola has two wins out of 16, with his record even, he's under pressure. So that's all I meant by it. And, and I, I'm sort of quantified it by saying... I'm still very much in the Nigel Pearson camp, and I, I am. I do like Dean, think he's the right man for the job. But last night makes others kind of feel a little bit more like, yeah, okay, I can see some little seeds of growth there. Um, and as you quite rightly say, Patch, you know, Nigel Pearson isn't the sort that we've been used to with Steve Cottrell, Dean Holden, um, Lee Johnson, Gary Johnson, you know, coming over, bouncing around, in, and, you know, fist pump into the crowd. That's just not the man. But to see him sort of stood there and deliberately standing there applauding the fans for, you know, a good few seconds, um, it was good to see. And, and that's, you know, I don't I don't want him to, to bounce around because I know that's not his style. But to see him applauding us like he did was great. And it, and it just topped the night off, really. And that might sound a little bit, you know, what, what are you on about? What does it matter? But, but for me, it does. You do want your manager connected with the fans you know we've had it before with the likes of Sean O'Driscoll when they're not and that can lead to a much more negative kind of atmosphere in the stands and stuff so yeah no he, he, you know he, he got it right didn't he last night we spoke about the togetherness of the starting 11 and the substitutions also a big shout out to Psycho Jenna and Taylor Moore who at the start of the game were running up and down with Patrick Orm uh, going through the motions uh, because clearly they obviously didn't play in the development game. They probably went to Reading as backups in case there was any injuries in the warm-up. But they they ran almost as much as some of the some of the team, to be fair. And also Callum O'Dowda up in the stands, injured at the moment, but he was at, sat in the away end with the fans, with uh, you know a couple of his mates. So again, it was great to see Matt, wasn't it? That togetherness. The under twenty threes played during the day. Goal for Tommy Conway was great. So a great day all round, really, for Bristol City. Yes, yes, TC. You keep doing your stuff, mate, and you'll get your chance. Um, yeah, it was. And Callum O'Dowda was smiling from start to finish. Um, great to see him in the stands, and I, and I love that kind of thing. But also, um, you know, you could see, I must have seen 10 people having selfies with him. Um, and, it, it, you know, there was no problem with it. Um, so, yeah, it, it was, I mean, we all know away days are special when you get a win, but when you get a win playing well, 
um, and it's a, a close game like that as well. It, it just adds to it. So, yeah, it, it was special last night. And you're right, I was tired just watching um, Jana and uh, Taylor Moore. So, yeah. <laughs> Especially with your calf. Uh, there was, I saw a tweet from Lee Granger, friend of the show, pressing, passing, slicker, partnerships. Andy Vyman, more central, scores goals, assists times two for academy graduates and plenty of endeavour and our best defender on the pitch. Very enjoyable one team in Bristol. Uh, Dean, just summarise your thoughts of the game. Yeah, I think our our season starts here. I think um, last night was... um, You know, it showed showed what that team can do. I think the most important thing now, guys, is Friday night. I think we've got to take that into Friday night. We're we're going to be in front of a home crowd. Okay, we've just just lost Dean. I think we're losing Dean. Seven-side derby. He's back. Um, Swansea uh, got beaten last night. They're going to look for, for a bounce back. And I think for us, we... Okay. Can you hear me? Sorry, guys. Yeah, I produced that kind of performance on Friday night. I've had a great away day. We, the home fans turn up expecting, and then uh, and then we let ourselves down at home. So I think if we can string a couple of performances like that together. Um, we, we're going to we're going to be looking looking good. And, and Swansea, as I said, they're going to look for a bounce back after their defeat last night. So I think uh, Friday night's the important one for me. I'd like to see you know similar kind of intensity at home. I want to get on the front foot. But yeah, no, fantastic. Uh, as I said, as I said to you guys in the in our WhatsApp group, I don't think I've enjoyed a game so much for months. I mean, I almost forgot what that feeling was like to be entertained watching Bristol City. You know. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Dean. I think we got the majority of that. Matt, going into um, to Friday night, I guess the question is, are are, are, is is that fitness level there for the majority? Can they put out the same starting eleven? Let's assume that no one's picked up a knock and can and can play. Um, that's going to be the the, the 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 big test, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, but they have got facilities. You know, we talked about the cryogenic chamber, and uh, they've got the um, the high altitude room and stuff. So you know, you, you, and the pool. You'd like to think that. You know, day, days rest today, recovery, you know, the ice baths and stuff as well. Um, they, they, the majority of that squad or that, that starting eleven will be able to play. Obviously, we don't know the injury to King, um, the injury to, to Campering. Um, it would be disappointing if, if both of them aren't able to make it. Um, but again, we have got a big enough squad now, um, certainly in, in that midfield position, that there's no point risking anything. You know, you need to make sure they are... 100% fit, ready for it, um, because Swansea will be a, a, like a wounded animal, and and you know I, I don't think Corey Smith or Liam Walsh are going to play, but but Jamie Pato will be there, and I, and I hope he gets the reception he deserves. Yeah. Um, but they'll be a wounded animal. It won't be an easy game, but there are no easy games in the Championship either. So no, absolutely um, but last, not. Last night's three points kind of only really feel like a, a really good three points if you pick something up on on Friday. Now, even if it's only a point to to get four points out of those two games, when a lot of people didn't see us getting anything, um, would would be really really good return. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, so, Matt, let's talk about the ratings. Uh, we yep. we discussed it briefly on the way home and uh, got the consensus from a f- from um, 
from Lee Mead and Ben Mead. So where are we going to go with the ratings? I'll start off with Bentley. Yeah, you'll have to keep me honest as well because I'm yep. an old man who's only had two hours sleep, so I may have forgot some of what we said. But I think with Bent's, um, I was perhaps going to be a bit a bit harsh because of that goal, but listening to you lads and, and um, understanding kind of it went through Atkinson and stuff, so I'll, I'll give Bent's a six. Um, you know, he, he didn't have a huge amount to do. Um, and yeah, maybe his kicking was a little bit awry. Um, but yeah, it, it'd be a bit too critical going uh, going lower than six, I think. Um, Danny Simpson, although naturally kind of will have tired towards the end of the game, I think he gave a, a proper right-back performance last night. Um, possibly as good as we've seen for many a while, really. Um, and I know jokingly, I, I wasn't Jack Hunt's biggest fan. Um, but, you know, I, I can't remember too many quality right-back performances in recent times, and I thought that was last night, so so Simpson gets it a seven for me. Um, I think that's what we agreed on. Yep. Um, so Callas side, and Atkinson? Yeah, OK, so so Callas and Atkinson, both both eights. Um, I thought they were excellent. Um, Atkinson is just a Rolls-Royce of a player, um, but Callas, I think, brought that stability as well with it. Um, so that was really good. So, yeah, two, two eights for them. Um, on the, the left-hand side with, with Jay De Silva, um, I thought Jay was was excellent as well. Um, got forward, combined really well with, with Cam Pring. Um, it was interesting, I thought, what Nigel Pearson said after the game, and he, and he talked about Cam Pring getting on the front foot um, and sort of going beyond their defence. Um, and then he wants Jay to do more of that. Um, but I, I thought those two... You know, defensively, Jay was really good last night. So it's an eight for Jay. Yeah. Okay. Let's go for Matty James and Andy King. Yeah, Matty James, um, I think, was Lee's man of the match. Um, I thought he was excellent. Dean, Dean called it as well. I think he's he adds the, the experience championship quality in there. And you can see that this is a lad that's been brought up playing the right way. But I think he's also got that little bit of physicality and that little bit of nice as well. And I talked about wanting leaders on, on the weekend. I thought Matty James gave a performance that, that exemplified a, a leader. I thought he was really strong in there. So it's, a, it's an eight for Matty James as well. Um, Andy King obviously went off fairly early in the second half. Um Again, you know, with what we'd said earlier on, it's, it's difficult with Andy King because he doesn't necessarily catch the eye the whole time. But he's obviously putting in a performance. So, um, I'm, again, I'm not... I think with a three-to-away win, you know, it's difficult to criticise too many. So, it's a six for Andy King. OK, let's go for Alex Scott, then Cameron Pring. Yeah, Alex, again, a, a little bit of a... You know, you, you forget that he's 17. And, yes... There's no doubt that, that he did give the ball away or, or lost possession a fair bit last night with trying to do the right thing. So I, I can't be critical of that, really, because that's what we want and that's what we've missed. Um, and his, again, his, his ball for the Vyman second goal was, was brilliant. So uh, all things being considered, I'd, I'd go seven for Alex Scott. OK. And Cam. sorry, what was the other one? Cam Bring. Honestly, I, I think it's quality. Um Reminds me all the world of Joe Bryan, but with a little bit more sort of physicality. He's a, a much sort of broader player, um, 
and you know, I, I referenced it earlier on the, the, the sort of difficulties he's faced in his Bristol City career and wondering whether he was ever going to get an opportunity. Um, that's two games he's played for us, and, and Pat, you had him as your man of the match last night, didn't you? Mm. Um, I thought I thought he was excellent, so it's, it's an eight for him as well. Okay, and Chris Martin. Brilliant. Um, I, I'd almost go as far as to say I think that's my my most. Um, uh, I don't know what word I was going to use then. Most <laughs> impressive performance from Chris Martin for me last night. I thought he was. He led the line really, really well. Um, I think the fact that the service he got last night made a difference to him, that he was able to, to bring the ball under control and bring other players in. The fact that Andy Vyman was playing sort of close to him as well took some of the pressure off, but I thought his work rate was absolutely phenomenal last and night. And Matt, just to add um, to that as well, one of my big concerns with losing Famara was defensive headers from corners yeah. and things like that. And yeah. he added he added that to it last night as well. Yeah, he did. He, he won an awful lot of ball in the area at both ends of the pitch. Um, it, it was just a really, really good number nine performance last night. Um, and, and he was my man of the match. But, you know, we'll talk about the, the podcast man of the match because we, we've all agreed one. Um, but I, I thought it was a really, really strong performance from him last night. And long... May that kind of fitness and level of performance continue with him. I thought it was brilliant. So what rating are you saying for Chris Martin? So, so an eight for Chris Martin as well. Okay. And then Andy Vyman. Oh, we'll, we'll do Han Noah Masengo first. Okay, yeah. Um, love Han Noah. You know, we're, we're both big fans of him. I thought when he came on, he... I don't, I don't want this to sound as like he, he's not a really good footballer because he is. Um, but he's a, he's a player that I've heard others sort of say, what is he? He's not defensive. He's not attacking. He doesn't create, you know, what is he? Last night showed what Han Masenga is. He's fit beyond belief, but he's a proper old-fashioned ratter. Box to where box. He just gets in. Yeah, and he, he gets in the, the opposition. You know, he doesn't, doesn't let them settle. Um, and I'd love to know what ground he covered last night because he seemed to be absolutely everywhere when he came on, didn't he? Um, <laughs> So for me, with him, probably only because of he, he didn't have obviously a, a full game. I'd go seven, but I, th- I yeah. thought it was a really good performance from it. And yes, he probably should have took a book in when when Liam Moore came through. But you know, I'm not not going to be overcritical with him there. Okay, and Andy Vyman. Brilliant. Um, nine, nine out of ten for for us. We agreed last night. Um, man of the match. You know, two goals. Work great. Um, just just sheer effort and non-stop running. Um, yeah, it, it was a really, really good performance as a, you know, that, that sort of, not necessarily number 10 second striker, but, but sort of drop back. But also he did push on and, and at times they were playing as a two. Um, I think again, it was Nigel Pearson's interview afterwards where he said about how Andy Vyman and Chris Martin like playing together. And I think you could see that. I'd like to think we'll keep that system in that shape so that that partnership can can really formulate and develop um, because we saw a lot of really good signs last night and he was unlucky with a, a good save from the keeper that he didn't walk away with another match ball really because it was a, a, a top performance from him. Um, and Nigel Pearson? Yeah, I mean, he didn't get everything right, but, you know, there's... Couple of substitutions that we, we thought might have been slightly different. 
Um, but, you know, the fact that he recognised when he needed to come down and, and instil a little bit more of a, a message to his players, the starting lineup he got absolutely spot on. Um, and the, the way that they started the game, um, it, it was a, a good performance. And I think, I think we might have gone seven in the car last night. And I'm kind of, you know, I, I am on the seven and a half, eight type scenario. I thought it was a, a, a really good managerial performance from him last night. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, just to recap then, for Dean's purposes, who's just joined back in to a chance to challenge on any of these, Dean. Uh, Dan Bentley, six. Um, Danny Simpson, seven. Callas, eight. Atkinson, eight. De Silva, eight. James, eight. King, six. Um, Alex Scott, seven. Campering, eight. Chris Martin, eight. Andy Weiman, nine. Han Noah, seven. And Nigel Pearson. Are we saying eight, Matt? Yeah, let's go eight. Okay. Dean, any thoughts? Yeah, I can't. I can't disagree with that. Sorry for the. Sorry for dropping there, guys. Uh, That's I right. know I brag. I know I brag about the sunshine down here in South Africa. We've got one hell of a Cape storm going through this morning, so that's affected the uh, the signal. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I spot on with those uh, those ratings, Matt. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually slag off Andy Vyman again on our WhatsApp group on on Friday night because <laughs> I've been I've been critical of him. Um, but there again, last night, you can see that his preferred position is down the middle. I mean, he, he, uh, he, he thinks himself as a striker. He likes to, he likes to be the forward player and let him play into, you know, into his strengths. Um, last night it was, as I said, a measured performance. I thought his finish for the second goal was sublime actually. And, uh, normally, you know, um, sometimes he snatches at those chances, but he, he, as you said, time stood still. He, he took his time, went round the, went round the defender, um, and it was really unlucky, actually, not to get the hat-trick goal. I, th- I thought it was a, quite a difficult chance. I don't know if you saw it from behind the goal, but it was quite an angle and it came out at speed. So he got it on target and the keeper made a good save. But no, I thought I thought last night, apart for, for perhaps from, you know, putting on Casey Palmer and it did open up a little bit, I thought Nigel got it spot on. I mean, what a what an inspired thing with Cam Pring as well. So mm. as, I, as I tried to say, earlier I think I got I cut out the big thing for me is Friday night we need to string two performances like that together I think if we do that we're going to build going forward a, a big uh, fault of Bristol City in the past has always been we've had a great away result and then we've mm. come and we pointed our home fans so let's hope Friday we can we can we can start off on the front foot and put one over our old enemy Swansea because it'll be nice because you know Jamie Patterson will be up for it don't you yeah, absolutely. Um, just a bit of a, a conundrum, a question for come to you, Matt. Wells and Conway um, as the two other strikers, you know, and obviously Britain as well. Where where do they fit into this four four one one? You know, Andy Vyman and Chris Martin. That's their preferred roles and positions. Wells, you know, he's not he's not the build and the target man of. A Chris of, of a Chris Martin. So, so, and you know, and same with question for, for Conway, do they fit into this formation or is it a tweaked formation to make those guys fit? Should the other guys have a rest or be injured? Um, I think, I don't, I don't think Wells or Conway will give the physicality that um, Chris Martin can bring. So they're probably both more akin to the Andy Vyman role out of those. Um, but I think they've got something to offer. Louis Britton obviously has has the potential of, of providing the physical approach that, that Chris Martin could. But but that said, you know, Tom Tom is not a, a small lad by any stretch of the imagination. 
Um, and if the ball's played in its feet, you know, maybe he could do that that role. Um, it will be interesting to see how he develops um, throughout the season, really. But I still feel that we need um, a physical number nine as well in there. They can give Chris Martin that that competition. Yeah, I'm, I, for me, I think that, that Wells and Conway are perfect alongside a Chris Martin, a Famara Jiju, um, in a two. Uh, so let's see how that develops. Obviously, we're not going to... What I really liked about Nigel Pearson last night was the fact that he didn't stick to the to the 4-2-3-1. Sorry, the, yeah, yeah, 4-2-3-1 that we'd seen in previous games. And he was open to change. Some managers may get stuck in their ways and say, no, I'm going to stick with it and you know be quite stubborn. So I was really, really happy when I saw the starting lineup and that those more attacking changes have been made. Um, and the same with with uh, Sam Bell as well. I mean, he's he's seen more now as a as a left winger, a bit like Cam Pring. So there's cover there. Uh, so all in all, what what a difference uh, a few days makes. Um, coming back from Middlesbrough, it was it was a little bit negative. It was um, yeah, quite frankly, a hard a hard drive back after going all that way to to see us defeat and not play well. Only sort of ten minutes where we could say, here we go. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to Friday uh, now. Obviously, it's it's literally forty eight hours away, so it's um yeah, it's just around the corner. And hopefully, we have a great night under the lights at Ashton Gate and with Dean watching on on Robin's TV. What can go wrong? Uh, thank you so much to to Dean for getting up early to come on and do this. And obviously, Matt. Hopefully, you've had an hour and sixteen minutes now of your journey. You must almost be in Liverpool soon. Not far yet, just did, um, got to pull into Burton Wood Services. Um, I've just got another call that I've got to be on. Um, so yeah, I'm about 45 minutes away, something like that. Lovely. Good stuff. Okay, thank you so much both. Well, Matt, do you want any final comments? Yeah, just, um, Dean, hope everything's okay with the missus and the baby. And uh, yeah, great to have you on again, mate. Thank you, boy. Yeah, no, it's uh, just we were just joking with uh, Patch. I said I got up early, eight o'clock. He said he can't remember when he got up at eight o'clock. So I'm going to miss <laughs> my. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, both. Bye, we'll speak soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Don't everyone. forget to follow us on Twitter at 3PIAPC. We're also on Facebook as well. But uh, for now, we'll be back on Saturday morning. Take care.